Yo, 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 I am your host, Rebecca, with First Steps to Sanity, and I will be here each week to give you the foundations, strategies, and witchy ways to help you gain confidence, manage your anxiety, and break the stigma by opening the conversation of mental health. So let's dive right into this week's episode. I pressed it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I have Megan Garcia here today. What is your official business name or do you just go by your, your name? So my official business name is actually Establish Co. That's um, it. And that's what hosts all of like my offers and things like that. Um, I picked the name when I first started and I was a copywriting agency. So it was Established Writing Agency, but, but now it's just Establish Co. Establish Co. This sounds so fancy. It's like, welcome to Establish Co. Can we get you some cucumber water in the back? Like, <laughs> That's so funny, but also very true, I guess. <laughs> Like, I'm here to blow your mind with how awesome I am. So, <laughs> can you tell me more about yourself and especially about your business? Because I'm sorry, you seriously have like the coolest business ever. Like, I'm in love with your business. <laughs> You're so sweet. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit more about myself. I am um, an entrepreneur. I live in Denver, Colorado. Um, I'm a Denver native, so I've, I was born and raised here. Um, I have a degree in political science and sociology, and like my original path was that I wanted to work in nonprofits um, and do all of that. So I went to school and I focused a lot on grant writing, which is kind of how I made that first transition into entrepreneurship doing copywriting. I was like, oh, well, I've like done a bunch of stuff, you know, doing work for grants. Um, but the reason that I decided I wanted to be an entrepreneur is I have um, some chronic illnesses, including like depression and anxiety and some things like that. And I just knew that in a lot of nonprofit settings and workplaces, um, your health doesn't always come first because those jobs, you know, it's kind of like when you're a teacher, like you, um, everyone says that you do it because you love to teach, not because it pays well or anything like that. Like that's kind of the mindset um, in a lot of community care positions. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to take care of myself the way that I needed to. And I wasn't going to be at operating at like full capacity for anyone in my life, specifically myself, but my job, my relationships, um, everything. And so I just really felt like it was, it was time for me to figure out a way to work for myself. So that's how I got started in entrepreneurship. I was like, yeah, I'm going to do this. I'm going to be a copywriter. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I like to write for myself. I don't like to write for other people. Um, and so I hired a spiritual business coach and a lot of the work that we centered on was like inner child healing. And I'm really big into fun and play. I'm really quirky, really goofy. Um, I really like, uh, collecting different things, um, like rare oddities and things like that. And so like, there's just a lot of like little things that are like, that I consider very fun and playful in my life that I focus a lot on. And so she was like, well, why don't you just like 
try inner child healing. She's like, I think that you'd be really good at it. And that was almost a year ago, actually. So I've been doing inner child healing now for about a year. Um, I worked specifically with clients one-on-one and we just work through um, some issue, like some problems that they're having right now in their lives. So for a lot of people, it's that they are hard workers. They're overachievers. They were overachieving students in school. They cared a lot about their grades, um, things like that, and how that translates into people-pleasing habits um, as an adult and in the workplace, in your business, in your relationships. And so that's just like one example of an issue that I might work through with a client. Um, but yeah, so that that is what I do now. <laughs> That sounds amazing. And it sounds like I need to hire you because I was literally just talking about how I have such a people pleasing problem at my job. Like I'm scared to inconvenience anybody by being like, Hey, can somebody help me? Cause you know, somebody's out of work today and I'm doing like three people's job. That would be great. Yeah. Yeah. That fear of letting people down of not being good enough for X, Y, Z reason for not, or not being, not feeling like you can't ask for help because you're told that you can do it all on your own. Right. So it's a common, it's common habit and a common pattern. Um, and I still, still experience it myself. So. Yeah. I took a test that says I'm an Enneagram three and I was like, this explains everything because it's all about like they tie their the biggest thing is that they tie their worth to their achievements and I was like son of a bitch if that's not my ass like Jesus like that's like so much of my anxiety is like I don't want to fuck it up I don't want to fail at anything and it's so prevalent in the workforce too especially with COVID and you know some some employers are loving to take advantage of the hey the job market is scarce right now so uh, I could fire you and you'd be screwed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super prevalent. My um, yeah, my mom works for unemployment in the state of Colorado, and they like basically are working weekends and all sorts of other like crazy stuff because that's just kind of like the that's the demand of like during COVID right now is that they just need them to um and so it's definitely a a tricky balance of like being like yeah like I'm gonna be a good employee but also like respect my boundaries this is what they are yeah right like here's here's my boundaries I'm just gonna start doing that like anytime I work at a company I'm just gonna hand them paper day one there's my boundaries Yeah, just so you know. Slide that across the table. This section I'm willing to negotiate. This one's hard nose. Like (laughs) that's awesome. No, that's actually like such a good idea, especially for people with anxiety, being like, these are like my boundaries before you enter a workplace. Like that's such a good idea, actually. But I feel like if you did that, like some people would be like, hey, it's not working out. Like I haven't even walked into the office yet. Well, exactly. See, that's probably a job that you don't want, though, if they're going to be like, yeah, we're not going to listen to any of these things on this piece of paper. Like, we're just going to throw that away. Yeah, yeah. We're just going to just slip it in with your resume when you do the interview. And then if you get the interview, you're like, all right, these are my people. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, and it's so interesting too, because we're always told to like oversell ourselves. Like, what's your biggest weakness? That I'm a really hard worker. Like, are you effing kidding me? Like, are you fucking kidding me? 
My biggest weakness is I do not have patience for people. <laughs> I, I train people at my job and I always tell them like the first thing I'll tell them is, okay, you can ask me questions all you want, but if you ask me the same question twice, I'm going to tell you, hey, you might want to put this in your notes. And if you ask me a third time, I'm just going to look at you and say, check your notes. Because like if it's something that keeps coming up for you, like write it down. Yeah. And yeah. that's, that's like, especially when I'm busy and they're like asking me the same question for the eighth time. I'm like, dude, dude. So that's my biggest weakness. But I never say that in an interview. And I was like, I, oh, I, I just work so hard. <laughs> I know we've all been trained that like somehow like that, like hard work is like the best way to like land a job and like talking about like those types of, I'm like, what about landing a job just because I'm fucking boss at what I do and yeah. you, I, you deserve to hire me. Yeah. Cause you know, once you're there, like they're, they're not going to fire you. Majority of jobs will not fire you once they realize, wow, okay. She does not have patience. <laughs> they're gonna be like, eh, she does all the other stuff. Good. We'll just, just ignore that. <laughs> exactly. Dude, it's so funny, though, because, like, my job, one of my bosses was saying his favorite thing is to wait until the 90 days are up and see the real person he hired. <laughs> He's like, it's always, a, like, a 180. He's like, it, it works. Like, they do great. But it's just so funny to see how they switch after the 90 days. And I was like, damn, that's true. Like, when I started looking at it, it was actually pretty, it was pretty funny. Like, you know, the voice changes, your customer service voice goes away when you're not on the phone and all that. It's pretty cool. Is funny. That's awesome. So if I remember correctly, you do have anxiety as well, right? Yes, I do. What was your first memory of having, um, like when you really like look back and you're like, wow, no, yeah, I had anxiety as a kid or I had anxiety as a teenager, as an adult. Oof, yeah. So that's a good question. And I think about this a lot. And so that's also been kind of part of my inner child healing journey is like understanding my mental health a little bit more from like my childhood, because looking back on it, like I can remember like as early as like probably being like five and being really stressed out when people would touch me. Like when people would touch me, like I would cry. Like I'd straight up just cry because like I did not want to be touched. I didn't ever want to be left alone anywhere. Um, like if I fell asleep at like a friend's house or something like that and my parents left me there, like I would be beside myself. And I also like, I also remember when I was like young too, that like if my mom touched my stuff, like, oh my God, like I would lose my goddamn mind. Like I literally could not handle like generally just human interaction on a level that like a normal kid should have been able to. And so looking back at it, I like got diagnosed with a generalized anxiety disorder when I was like a teenager. Um, and I also got diagnosed with depression when I was a teenager too. But then like thinking more back onto my childhood, I was like, oh my God, these have been prevalent for forever. But I was like high functioning enough that nothing like nothing ever stood out to anyone. Everyone just thought that I was really like a high, like overachiever and like gifted kid. Gifted. <laughs> Gifted in quotes, yeah. <laughs> You're gifted with a, here's some high-functioning anxiety, have fun, like. Yeah, so they missed the signs, but it's okay. We caught it when I was young still, so that was very helpful for me. My mom was shocked when I got diagnosed. She was like, what? 
I was like, yeah, you, you have another kid. You didn't realize the difference. And she's like, I just thought you were a girl. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and then I looked into it and I was like, did you know more women, like women, almost every last woman, I'm like messing up this whole entire sentence, but almost every woman will have anxiety at one point or time in her life. I was like, dang, is that like just like a thing of being a woman? Like, oh, anxiety's going to come one day. Like, just wait for it. Yeah, and I think it also comes like so much from like the societal norms that we've placed on women and like the pressure that women face um, from, you know, like patriarchy, capitalism, society, like all of these things that it is just so much more common for women because we are expected to do and be so much more. Yeah, and I love the fact that you have a society degree. Society. Sociology. Jesus. <laughs> it's been a long day. Okay. <laughs> I can't um a sociology degree because i have a psychology degree but i actually took way more sociology classes than i did psychology but psychology i feel like just looks better on a degree so i ended up like saying it was a psychology degree but there's it's so interesting like the gender norms and like especially in women like you have to stay with your kid and do all the kid stuff but you have to be like a high-powered ceo boss babe lady like and you have to do them both perfectly in balance and god forbid if your husband makes his own meal like what yeah yeah perfect clothes perfect hair perfect house perfect you know never have like um non-painted nails why are your nails so short why do you have hair on your arms why do you have hair on your legs like so many things that like women are just expected to do and be um and yeah so i think that's another thing that like really has helped me in this journey is having a sociology degree so i can look at some things and be like that's just bullshit i'm like i just don't yeah. i'm not going to subscribe to that <laughs> yeah like i was talking about it with my fiance and i told him a bunch of stuff especially like when the black lives matter movement came about and you, i learned so much like i was so ignorant and then i took a sociology class specifically on race and i was like mm -hmm. oh my god like these these poor people like they are genuinely like ostracized and just attacked by you know the government of all people like what and i had to actually go and find the articles and show him when all this started he was like are you shitting me it was talking about like the cia and how they planted drugs and all this stuff to like get them hooked and get them arrested and in jail it's like insane and i was like i would never have known any of this but didn't take sociology classes like i would have been so ignorant yeah yeah absolutely and so like that's the other thing too is that like sociology is not a required field of study in college mm -hmm. but it should be it was mind-blowing and i was really lucky i had like the best teacher for it she was like in it like you could tell that this was like her passion like she's loved doing this for her whole life and she was in it man and she'd call you out on it. She would have like these debates with the kids and just be like, no, be honest, you know, and there's no wrong answer. And then someone would say something, she'd be like, yeah, that's wrong. Here's why. Like, <laughs> it was great. It was so knowledgeable. Like it's seriously the best classes. If you have opportunities to take it, anybody that's listening, you should take sociology classes because they are insane.
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so I got into sociology too, because my high school offered it as an elective. And I took it as like, and it wasn't a required elective or anything, but it was just an elective that we could take. And so I took it and then I was like, oh, wow. And my, my teacher was very similar to that, actually. Um, he was very, very passionate about telling the truth and like what really was the truth. Um, he also taught AP U.S. history, so he was very into talking about, like, the history in the sociological context of the United States. Um, so that's how I got interested in it. So even if any of you are listening that have kids, check in to see, like, what their electives are at their schools, because, like, chances are they might have a sociology course, and those, like, that could be such an instrumental tool for, like, kids that are getting ready to go to college. Like, I yeah. absolutely believe that. Yeah, between that and like take a psychology class too and you'll you'll conquer the world, man. <laughs> Just take one of each and you're good. That's all you need. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's perfect. That's it. <laughs> but yeah, you don't need a degree. You're fine. Um, so what was it like to start your business when anxiety, like what kind of struggles did you have with it? I think the biggest struggle for me is like that, that fear voice and like that ego voice and that like, what if voice, like, oh, you're doing these amazing, awesome things, but what if you fail? Um, you're doing all of these like amazing, awesome things, but what if it doesn't work out? Um, you have all of these big dreams, but why do you think that you deserve them? You, um, so I had a lot of like that, like, what if doubt, and I feel like that's normal for any business owner. But what it really came down to for me was that my anxiety would, like, especially when I first started doing my business, would either throw me into, like, an overworking mode, and I'd do a bunch of stuff, and it wouldn't be quality, it would just be quantity, or I'd get hung up on creating really quality content, and I'd be frozen. Like, I couldn't figure out a way to, like, share that wasn't, like, too much or too little. Um, because I felt like so nervous about being vulnerable and like sharing myself like super authentically. Um, part of like having anxiety when I was a kid, like I said, it was really hard for me to interact with like people and whatnot. Um, and I never really understood like when people were being mean to me. And so as I've like grown into an adult, I like realized that a lot of my friends, quote unquote, from like my childhood and stuff were actually all just really mean to me. And having that realization and being like, okay, like now I want to put myself out there for the internet to read all of like my deepest, darkest secrets and fears and like have access to my gifts and talents. I was like, oh, wow, what did I decide to do? I was like, this is really scary. I was like, I don't know if I like this. And so I like ended up in a state of like deep freeze for a really long time. Cause I was like, I just don't know like what to do, where to go, how to move forward. So I was like really stuck in that anxiety when I first started my business. Uh, that speaks to me so much because that's exactly what I did. <laughs> and I'm like, here's some affirmations, guys. I don't actually want to tell you about myself because like I'm terrified. And you can scroll down my Instagram and you can find where I just posted a bunch of affirmations <laughs> when I first started or like stock photos. Because, you know, I, I switched my personal... Um, Instagram for my business account because I kind of thought that like it would be cool if people you know were clients if they went down far enough back to see like oh wow she's always been crazy like, 
Um, so I was so scared to like put my face out there once I started the business though. And I'm like, why? Like scroll down like two grids and you'll see my face in there. Like, what's the big deal? But it's so terrifying. And I was always like, what if people find out that I do this? Yeah. Yeah. It's the, what if, like, what if people find out and then they talk about me and I'm like, okay, well, number one, I don't give a fuck what anyone says, but my anxiety does. So I'm like, yeah. Catch 22. Yeah. It's like your boss ass bitch in your head's like, I don't give a shit. And then your anxiety's like, but do you? Come on. Come on. You know you do. Like, shit. I don't care what Jimmy from my high school thinks until Jimmy comments on my post and says it sucks. And then I'm like, damn it. <laughs> exactly. Or you're like, I heard, well, especially since I'm like a native here, like I run into people that I know literally all of the time so I'm like well what if they're talking about me over there like when we're like do it like we're literally all just minding our own business yeah. like enjoying ourselves and I just like am so nervous about what people think of me which is not not great but I'm working on it yeah well if it makes you feel any better I think you're amazing so <laughs> I think you're amazing you're so sweet I swear to god <laughs> um so what made you decide to help people with inner child healing specifically? And I know you do it like you do it in a really cool way where you help them with inner child healing for their business as well, like to help grow their business, which is so niche down and awesome as hell. Like, I love it. <laughs> Thank you. It took me a long time to like niche down because I was like I want to do all of the things and be all of the things and I still like I realize that I can still do that while having a niche like it's not that big of a deal and also niching down is kind of like a myth I feel like in my um experience as a marketer <laughs> so because that's like a, the other part of like my job was that for the longest time as a content strategist as well like because that's like really naturally a part of copy um but what really started me on the inner child stuff was like I said that spiritual mentor was like I really think that you should try this because like it really did just come so naturally to me like after she told me that I was like well I'll just try like making one freebie and see how it goes and I wrote a freebie in 30 minutes and had it designed and ready to go and I was like, like this, this is my life now <laughs> yeah I was like this is this is really good I was like this was really easy I was like damn I was like I should do more of this and so that's like kind of like how it really started but what like fueled my desire to keep going and doing it more was after I like kind of took on my first client um, and I was really able to help her with like setting boundaries. So in my own inner child healing journey, setting boundaries with my family was like the biggest thing for me um, because I grew up in an environment that didn't have a lot of boundaries. We didn't have a lot of um, like this is like how we speak to each other. This is how we interact with each other. Like we didn't have a lot of those sets of rules and I was taking on way too much responsibility as the child in the family unit. Um, and I was becoming more of that adult. And while I am an adult and that, you know, like is reflected in the relationship that I have with my parents now, I was still taking on too much as the adult because even when we are adults, we are still our parents' children. Sure. And 
So um, understanding that I needed to set boundaries and also understanding that I needed to forgive my parents um, and I needed to see them for who they really were, not who I not for who I wished them to be, was really transformational in all of my personal relationships, but also my business, because I was holding on to a lot of expectations and values and things from my childhood that had been ingrained in me for so long um, that I was struggling in my business. Like my my idea of success was, you know, tied to tied to money, like really, really heavily. My idea of what a valuable career was was tied to a nine to five. Um, my i my like money mindset was also very like tied to the fact that like I heard so much growing up that like we didn't have money for that, like we never had enough money, like that was always the issue, and so like creating safety for myself was really important and. I realized that so many of us don't have that safety um, in our adult lives. So that's why we continue to repeat the patterns. And um, so helping people create that through, you know, Reiki, meditation, journaling, um, all of those things was really important to me. And um, also kind of stepping into that mentoring role as well was really important for me because I am such a big believer that like I'm just a guide on your journey. Like I'm just here to mentor you, guide you, point you in the right direction, hook you up with resources when it's applicable, give you all of my knowledge, give you all of my resources. But in the end, like you heal yourself. Like you heal yourself. Like you have the power. Like it is all within you. Um and as you do the inner work and the healing and you ask for support and for guidance and things like that, like you create this loving adult that gets to shine through in your business and in your life and allows you to invite more fun in. It allows you to invite more play in. It allows you to like co-create with your inner child in a way that feels good and safe and comfortable um, without, without the anxiety. That is <laughs> I didn't say that loud enough. I'm sorry. That is amazing. Like you're gonna hear it on like the podcast. It's gonna be that is nothing. That's what I have to do. <laughs> That's awesome. But thank you. Yeah, I I love what I do. I really do. Um, I think there. I found so much healing in it, and so it feels selfish to not share it. Yeah, dude, what you do is seriously, like, amazing. I remember when Vanessa told me about it, and I was like, what? <laughs> that sounds awesome. <laughs> You're so sweet. I think what you do is awesome, which is why I'm so excited for this podcast to be out in the world. No, I'm excited. I can't wait to help people just be like, all right, fuck anxiety. We don't need this. <laughs> Amen. Yeah, right? Where do you feel that you struggle the most? don't say it's because you're super hard working all right we already had that interview. <laughs> <laughs> it's true that's very true no I think where I struggle the most honestly is um keeping on top of the self-care in business like that's like what I teach people to do and like especially specifically to nourish your inner child like you have to take care of yourself you know um and that's definitely something that I struggle with still especially if I'm feeling behind my anxiety like ramps up a couple notches and is like you don't have time to take a bath you don't have time to read a chapter out of your book you don't have time to journal you don't have time to make yourself a cup of tea like you don't have 
time for that. Like you got to hustle, got to go, go, go. And so really breaking like that mentality and that mindset and not letting my anxiety talk me into like overextending myself and also giving up on the things that make me, um, that make me feel good. Um, my mentor the other day said that like playfulness is the first thing to go when chaos enters our world. And it's so true. Like that playfulness, that care, that tenderness, like that is the first thing to go. Um, and so that is something that I still struggle with myself. Like I'm never going to be perfect at it, but that is specifically this year, um, with COVID and everything. I feel like it is like that playful tenderness care that like I struggle the most with. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> I um, I was just thinking that the other day too, because I was like, oh, I need to work out more. Like, how can I tell people like, if you work out, it helps your anxiety? And I'm sitting on my, you know, sitting in my bed like playing like whatever that weird merging game is on my phone, watching Halloween Town. <laughs> that sounds like a um a daily occurrence for me at nighttime. So I totally get that. I totally get that. I've been oh so gosh. dead lately. I'm just like, the only thing I feel like doing is laying in bed and playing on my phone. But I know when I work out, like there's like this, this thought that just keeps coming up in my head when I'm working out. Like, damn, I didn't know I could do that. Wow, I'm a badass. And it's like my head will naturally switch to like a positive affirmation when I'm working out. So I need that. And I just need to do it because I have beach body. Like I could do it, anything that I wanted to do. <laughs> They have like a million freaking workouts. I don't have an excuse. I'm just, I like my merging game. I don't know. <laughs> well, and you know what? I'm going to tell you right now that that's a great way to connect with your inner child. I always recommend that people download games on their phone if they don't have like, you know, like a gaming console or a laptop that they can play like a game on. Games are a great way to connect with your inner child and give yourself a break and like be a little creative, be a little playful. Um, Maybe that's what I'm, I'm inner child healing. There you go. Yeah, see, I can't that's work a, out because I'm inner child healing. <laughs> working out is also inner child healing, though, because moving your body when you're a kid is a great way to move energy. So you, you know, can. I did not. I was not active as a kid. I was like the complete opposite. You're like I don't want to move. I also feel that I was not a sporty kid. Yeah, and I was the same way with like I did not like people touching me. I would literally run away from family when they tried to hug me. I was like, mm, no. Yeah, see, I'd let them, and then I'd just cry. <laughs> oh, my God, I was an asshole as a kid. I was, like, kind of a bully. I got suspended in kindergarten. Like, who oh got suspended in kindergarten? I knew someone that got suspended in kindergarten because he glued someone's shoe to the floor. Okay, I feel better. I just pushed mine off. I just pushed the kid off the swing. I was like, your turn's up. <laughs> That's really not that bad. <laughs> But I was like, my mom always makes fun of me. She's like, who gets suspended in kindergarten? I was like, apparently me. Like, well, and so something else too is like a lot of people that have anxiety had like kind of that like bully mentality when they were like really little like that. And like, it wasn't even that you were trying to bully anyone. It's that you didn't know how to like, you didn't learn how to communicate and you felt a lot of anxiety about doing it. So you're like, my solution here is to just push them. I don't want to have to talk to him and have him tell me no, and then we fight, so I'm just going to push him, like, bye. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Swing is mine now. <laughs> exactly. For like, two minutes, so I think it was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, whatever works, right? 
Yeah, right. That's something I also need to do. Whenever I'm like on a swing, I always feel like, you know, like when you're a kid and you're floating, but you know, as an adult, I feel like all the swing sets are just like ready to murder you when you sit on it. It's like, <laughs> are you 30 pounds? No. Exit stage right, man. <laughs> I know we have a playground. It's an old playground. It's an old playground. It's like three swings and a set of monkey bars and one of those like little railings that you can walk on like a, um, um, a balance beam. Yeah. So that's all there is out there. And I would like to go play on it. It is a little too old to support any adult, I believe. So you can jump on the monkey bars. And just <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm like, I could maybe do the balance beam and we wouldn't get too hurt. I'm like, but maybe nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> some some six-year-old kid's going to see you like on the monkey bars and then you're gonna fall and he's gonna be like traumatized for the rest of his life oh god you're like i'm sorry man call me when you're older i'm an inner child healing coach <laughs> yeah call me and i'll help you don't worry i will help you through this like <laughs> how are you handling your um anxiety as you're kind of jumping into that um entrepreneurship that you're doing because i believe you still work with the grants right so i actually like i said um with content strategy, I've been doing content strategy and like marketing for like the last six months for a long-term client. So I'm definitely jumping back into the entrepreneurship. Um, it's been, it's been like a really just crazy couple weeks because I w didn't have any long-term plans to like leave this position, but I fell like two weekends ago. I fainted um, and I got a concussion because we have concrete floors. We live in like an old Denver house. And so when I fainted, I literally just fell and hit my head really hard on the concrete, had a nice concussion for like a week. Um, and then I was like in the middle of launching something and doing all sorts of other stuff. And I was like, after I had like been healing from the concussion for a little while, I was like, what am I doing? Like literally what am I doing with my life? I was like, I just like felt so miserable in that position that I was in. And I knew that I didn't want to be there long-term, but like they had plans for me to be there long-term. And I like kind of had just been going like along with it. And I was like, God, like, I just also felt myself falling back into that pattern of like really not taking care of myself, like in a way that like was getting to be like borderline unhealthy. And I was like, okay, like this is like, this is bad. I was like, I'm sleeping maybe a little bit too much, um, taking too many like midday breaks and naps because I'm like so annoyed with my job and the work that I'm doing. So then I'm behind and then I'm anxious about being behind. And like, you know, it was just like a constant spiral. Like I never felt like I was getting anything done. And that's why I decided to leave my contractor position. I was like, at this point, I feel like I'm losing money because I like can't keep up with like taking on other clients and other projects and like doing the things that like really that I love to do, you know, like I was like, I don't feel like I have time for that. Um, and so like I'm missing out on clients and opportunities and all sorts of other things because I'm in this job that I just don't like. And so last week I was like, okay, well, I think like I'm just done. I was like, I think I'm just done. And so I made the choice that I was like, yeah, I was like, okay, like buy. And like that definitely, um, was a part of what I did to manage my anxiety initially. Exiting out of this, like I said, it's literally only been like a week. So like I, as I'm going through this process, um, 
I also had a really hard time managing my anxiety for like leaving my job. Like I was like, oh my God, I'm going to let them down. Like they're going to be so mad at me. Like they like are never going to want to talk to me again. Like we're going to have, like it's going to like, he's going to call me immediately when I send like my resignation in and like we're going to have to talk about it. And like all of this, like I was just like really like amping myself up, like and making myself so anxious about it that like I, I had almost talked myself out of it. I was like, I like, I don't even know if I have the balls to quit. Like, I was like, I just really don't know if I do. Like, I feel so like, I think I'm about to vomit. Like, I think I'm going to throw up. Like, I think I might hyperventilate. And so like making that choice while it was like so filled with anxiety helped my anxiety in the long run because now I feel so much better. And I feel like I'm able to do um, some things that I really would like to do. I also like a way that this has like kind of been building up to this is that I have been on medication for a majority of my life. Um, but you know, the journey with medication is a tough one because as you, as you grow older and change, you know, your body changes and things that used to work don't work anymore. Um, and things like that. And that's kind of where I'd fallen, um, at the beginning of the pandemic. And then with the pandemic, I wasn't able to see anyone to get my meds adjusted. So I kind of just stopped taking them, which is not something that you should ever do without the consent um, and the help of your doctor because it really just went downhill for me. So I started this new medication like two months ago um, and I've been able to get to a place where I'm able to manage my anxiety with like self-care practices um, and I'm able to manage my depression that way as well. Um, but the medication has helped so much and it helps me, I believe, like actually get the courage to actually leave my position that's awesome yeah no that's really great especially like it's you're a badass like your your whole entire company is gonna blow up now like every especially like when people hear like, she does inner child healing for business stuff sign me the fuck up like <laughs> like you're so you're, sweet Thank that was like you. the best decision ever i'm sure and I, I remember you saying something too about like how it was kind of stressful and you were um you were talking about it we're in a we're in a mastermind group together for anyone that doesn't know but you were talking about it in the mastermind and i i can't remember what you said about like what they paid you but i remember when you told me i was like what <laughs> they do what <laughs> run <laughs> yeah that was like another factor too as i was like like literally one of my coaches was like, calculate how much money you're actually losing by working this much for them. Like, because that's taking like, you know, time and money away from other clients that would pay you way more, you know? And so I calculated it based on like what I just used my hourly rate on. And it was like thousands of dollars I was missing out on every month. And I was like, okay, I gotta get out. I was like, this is just not, I was like, I, I gotta go. I was like, holy fuck. Okay. So that like also helped too. Like it was one of those things where I was like, okay, like I'm not, it's so easy though, when you're a contractor or a freelancer to get taken advantage of like that, because you're not, you're not held to the same standards of like a W2 worker of like in having a minimum wage and, you know, things like that. So you just get paid lump sums um, monthly and it's not always hourly. Yeah. So it's, it's a slippery slope in any position, truthfully, to like where you are getting compensated fairly without being taken advantage of. I feel like that's how it yeah, goes for sure. in every position. 
and no one's going to value more than you do yourself. So if you're your own boss, like <laughs> I'll be making millions. <laughs> <laughs> That's the dream someday. Right. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And like, I'm such a big believer that money in the hands of more women makes the world better. Yeah, and sure. I think that like, you know, having my own business now is going to help me help me do that because something that comes up a lot in um you know inner child healing is like the individualistic side of it you know like it's you healing your inner child you setting your boundaries um you like thinking about the things from your childhood but like it's also very rooted in community healing too and how you can set boundaries that feel good for you personally that also feel good for your community how can you use your own healing to support your community um, i really believe that there is like a holistic approach to psychology and spirituality that like some of some of like new age psychology and spirituality misses out on because it doesn't include both that community and that individualistic side of it all so um yeah i like how when you're done you like do this like yeah like, you just... part of the anxiety i have to talk with my hands because i don't feel like i'm doing enough if i just move my lips you know so i'm like and then i'm like okay now i'm done I can put my hands. Do you back even down. need to work out if you had a full conversation today? You just like, like. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I don't ever, I don't ever need to work out my arms. Just kidding, I do. They're so weak. <laughs> no, I talk with my hands too. I just, I think it's like really cool. Like whenever you're done, it's just like a like a sigh. Like yeah, all right. It's like you're telling me, <laughs> thank you. We're good. I got, I got my communication down. Woo. Like so cool. I like it. Anyways. Thank you. So what was the breaking moment when you knew you had to do something different to get the life that you wanted? <sighs> yeah. Okay. So this is, this is going to be a story and a journey for us here. So, um, I think the biggest thing that happened for me was that I was unable to pay an invoice. And that was really stressful for me. I had gotten into like a really bad like financial situation and there just was not money to pay this invoice. And I did not know what the fuck I was going to do. And it had gotten to a point where it had gotten so bad and like I had exhausted all of my options. I was like, I like at this point, I'm gonna have to sell my car or something because I'm like, there's just nothing else that I can do um, to make this happen. And so I cried for honest to God, probably like 24 to 48 full hours and not just like crying, but like sobbing, like sobbing so hard that like I could not breathe. And my partner was like, are you going to be okay? He's like, are you going to be okay? And like through the sobs, I had realized that I was having a panic attack again. And that was the first time that I had had a panic attack in a couple of years. Like I had been able to like make it through like without having like a full blown panic attack for a couple years at that point. And this was back like at the beginning of this year. And so like 
Um, I like had got, I was having like this really bad panic attack and I like the voices in my head were telling me these really terrible, awful things about myself, how terrible of like a friend I was, how awful of a client I was, how no one would ever want to work with me, how I was such a failure. I was such a disappointment. Like it was, it was the, like it was the full thing, you know, like just really, really like I felt like in that moment I was at rock bottom and I did not know what I was going to do. And through that, I came out the other side. I ended up asking for support and I received it. And it was amazing to be able to ask for that and not put an attachment to the outcome on it because I just needed support at this moment in time. And I wasn't going to say no to anyone who was willing to help me, um, regardless of what that meant. And so I asked for support and I let go of what the outcome was like, and I let go of what if they get mad at me because I owe them money? What if they get mad at me because um, they lent me this money? What if they get mad at me that I don't do X, Y, and Z? Um, and I really had to let go of that because I was like, okay, like I don't like, I had been so proud of myself for not having a panic attack like that in, in so long. Um, and as soon as I was in that place, I was like, something's got to change. Like, I'm not, I'm not in entrepreneurship for me to feel like this. I'm not. Like, this is not what my intention was coming here. And I'm sad that I let myself get to this place and that, like, I am feeling so badly, but, like, I'm tired of it. I did not ask, like, this is not what I envisioned for myself and I'm not going to let it happen again. Specifically concerning my business. I was like, I did not start this business to have panic attacks because of it. And so I, I really took that moment and I was like, all right, like something's got to change. Something's got to give. And like, it was like, so this was probably like end of January yeah probably like end of January and around March was when I was like okay my meds need to change too like I need to make some choices here like and I need to ask for some support and I need to start making some changes um and so like that that has been the catalyst for like the last six months um that has changed like my business as a whole and also I feel like who I am too were you able to um, get a handle on it after that? Or are you still like experiencing the panic attacks or was it just that one stressful moment? I have had some smaller ones. Um, the pant, like I said, with the pandemic and everything, like I couldn't get an appointment. Like I'd made the choice to like get different meds in March, but I didn't end up seeing anyone until August because we played phone tag for forever. So like that, like March to August period was really, really tough for me. Um, there were a few other like really big ones, but the last like two months have been much more manageable and much better, um, in terms of the, the panic attacks. But yeah, there was, there was a stretch there for a while. Um, both my partner and I were also unemployed at one point because of the pandemic. And so we were home together in our one bedroom apartment with our two dogs, all the time um on top of each other all the time like my office was in our bedroom and like it just wasn't it was a lot it was a lot plus I like was not feeling like myself and I was so anxious and then um yeah so it was just it was kind of a mess but 
now I'm feeling much better and I feel like I have a handle on it and this medication that I'm on, I'm on some Balta. I've never tried like any of the um, meds that are in like the family that some is in. And so I'm on some Balta and I'm really loving it. And so it's been helping a lot with that. Yeah. Feel that you're just gonna, he's gonna breathe and you're gonna be like, can you just stop please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, straight you up. have to exist right now. That would be great. <laughs> oh my God. It got to one point where I'd be like on client calls and stuff and I could hear him playing Call of Duty in the background. I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm busy. Please leave. Like, go away. <laughs> I'm like, go outside. I'm like, I don't care if it's snowing. I'm like, you need to go. Need so... To go. Got a little rough with some poor kid at the park. Like, you just get out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, take the dogs with you too, because <laughs> my dog has anxiety, and so like, especially like, it's about that time of day now where he's gonna like come up to me and just straight up cry for no reason other than the fact that he just wants to sit in my lap. Oh my god, so cute. <laughs> It is really cute, but I was like, take the dogs, take yourself. I was like, I can't do this. Just take everything and leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, my uh, my oldest dog, she's like the only one in the room. She's over there and she she has separation anxiety. Oh, poor baby. And if you don't touch her enough, she'll come up and she'll just start hitting you with her paw and glaring at you. She's like, She's like, excuse me, I have not had enough pets today. I require a thousand more. I don't give a crap if it's with your foot, your hand, or whatever, but something needs to be rubbing me right now. Right now. And I'm like, oh, Jesus Christ, it sucks. Like, I come home now, and um, we, had, we worked from home for a little bit when the pandemic started, and then we went back in the office. And when that happened, I, would, I come home now, and she screams when I come. She, oh she used to not like she's not a barker she's not like a loud dog like usually if she's barking it's like all right someone's breaking in the house or something like <laughs> you might want to go check that out but no she was like she screams like she's literally like you can see me like are you okay <laughs> a baby gate up just in case because you know when you're coming in with groceries and stuff you don't want like three dogs running towards you so it just kind of keeps that area clear and she will scream until you go up and pet her i'm like oh my god i love that <laughs> she, she cracks me up she's also like, a really great therapy dog she um if you're having a panic attack she'll put her paws right here on you and she'll like give you a dog hug it's the oh. cutest thing yeah so i'm like that all right I'll deal, I'll deal with your screaming you're cute <laughs> Dogs are so healing, too. They're so healing. I love them. Yeah, and she doesn't care, man. You can literally, like, just sleep on her with your big, fat head, and she's like, all right, this is my life now. I don't need to breathe. It's cool. <laughs> oh, she sounds so sweet. I love dogs. She, she's literally the sweetest. I could try to get her in the camera view, but she's probably not going to do it. She's, <laughs> she's like, no. Um, <laughs> I get that. Right? Oh my god. But she she seriously is the best. Uh, I've had her eight years, I think. I got her right after uh, my dad died, like within the year of my dad dying. And honestly, I swear to you, this dog is like the only reason I survived. Mm -hmm. You know, like, you know, dogs, they make you get up, they make you, you have to walk them, you have to be with them. Like, you can't not be social when you have a dog. Like, you can be 
less social, but you still have to like go outside, walk her, feed her, do something, have some kind of routine. And I feel like that really helped me because like when he died is um, when I went to go to a therapist and that's when I finally got diagnosed with, you know, generalized social anxiety and I had um, depression. Before then, I was just like, all right, I'm weird. Like, like 19 years yeah. of my life, I'm just weird. I don't know. And I was like, oh, okay, I'm fucked up. Got it. <laughs> yeah, you're like, oh, okay, this makes so much more sense, actually. The social anxiety threw me for a while. I was like, I'm pretty social. Like, I'll, I'll talk to people. I don't like to be around people, but I'll talk to people. Like, you'll never know that I don't like to be in big groups or anything. So that that one threw me, but... It's it's worth it, man. Everybody, just go adopt a dog. Yeah, everyone go adopt a dog, except for my, okay, so my dad really needs a dog right now because we had to put down our family dog, like, last year, and so he, like, is really wanting a dog, like, really bad, but literally all of the shelters are basically empty around here. Like, there's, really? like, there were only seven dogs at the shelter, and half of them were on hold when I looked, like, earlier this week. Oh my god, that's amazing though. Mm-hmm. It is. It's so amazing. But I'm like, sorry, Dad. I'm like, that's kind of a bummer. Did you go to Pet Finder? I did not go to Pet Finder. He really wants to find something local, but I think that I'm like, you know, you might want to just like start looking because like they some rescues will transport like you know states. Um, oh, yeah. If they have you know dogs that are looking for homes, he's also the kind of he like wants like a specific personality in a dog though so he really wants to meet them first so I was like okay that's fair I am like a sucker I'm like you look really cute and you've been here for how long I'll just take you yeah I don't care if you're the biggest asshole in the world you're in my family now (laughs) yeah (laughs) one of our cats is like that he's such a dick like but I love him he's my cat like whatever you're you're in the family he was just just like I might not spend a ton of time with you (laughs) Oh, he, he's, he's an asshole to the other cats, but he's so sweet to us. Like, he's the definition of a Sour Patch Kid. Like, he will cuddle you and then go beat up his brother. And you're like, stop that. What is wrong with you? Like, why are you this way? <laughs> um, so what would be your biggest tip to someone going through the battle with anxiety? My biggest tip... <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, I do have a couple, I guess. Um, So one of my first tips is actually practice affirmations, like actually fucking do it. Because I was the type of person that was like, who, like, why would this help me? Like, this is like, not like, this is not a practical strategy for dealing with my anxiety. Like, this is not practical at all. Like, I was totally, well, and this was also, like, kind of before I kind of hopped into, like, the spiritual, um, like, aspect of it all. And, like, so I was, like, that's, like, the biggest pile of horse shit that I've ever heard in my entire life. And then I was, like, oh, wait a second. Like, because I talk to myself a lot. Like, I talk out loud a lot. And I was, like, when I, I noticed when I started saying nicer things to myself and, like, had some affirmations, like, even just written out and like posted on sticky notes some places that I was kinder to myself and so it didn't make the anxiety go away but it did make me have more compassion for myself which made it safer for me to feel anxious and so um definitely like practice affirmations and don't don't downplay like the benefit that they can have in your life and keep pushing when you even if you think it's not working 
because it will, it takes a while. That's another thing is like learning to find, like finding the strategies that like you are going to use that really work for you also takes a while. So that's my other biggest tip is like be patient with yourself. Like you don't have to have it figured out today. You're not going to cure your anxiety in the next 24 hours. Like just be patient with yourself and allow yourself to like feel the feelings and move through it and know that like you're going to be okay. Dude, that's great. Like, I, I forgot about the affirmation stuff because I was the same way. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm cool. Great. Thanks. Like, I don't like to look in a mirror, but you want me to stare in a mirror and say nice things to myself. Like, okay. But then, so, like, I was having a panic attack one time, and this was after I started doing it. And I was doing it for like six months. And then all of a sudden, like, it was like the negative thoughts. But then there was like the affirmation would like come in the background and I was like, what? <laughs> this shit works. Blown. Wow. Yeah. And actually, you know what? Something else. Um, I guess I have three. So those two. And then the last one, which you'll appreciate as well, is breath work. Like paying attention to your yes. breath and doing like regulated patterns of breathing has been a game changer for me. Yes. Ever since I joined that breath work mastermind, I'm telling you what, like. Like, I was probably, like, 50% and now, like, 75. Like, it's pretty amazing. It's it's a huge game changer. Plus, anyways, it's kind of fun to do the weird breath work pattern. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, like, we are in, um, like Rebecca said, like, a breath work mastermind together. So, it's, like, using your breath. So, it's, like, the three, like, three-part, like, trifecta breath, like, the in-in-out, um, which... I, I don't think you should do without like a practitioner because I always get scared. I get really bad technique from that. But like I love like box breathing, you know, so like in for six, hold for six, out for six um, or anything like that. Like just practicing like easy regulated breaths when things feel out of your control is so helpful. Yeah, man. It changes the world. And once you know how to breathe, you can actually fix your breathing too when you're in a panic attack, when it's so natural for you to do the other breathing. You can immediately take back control and just kick ass at it yeah yeah so those are those are my three things because i knew you would appreciate the breath work oh yeah i always forget about it. it's it, breath work is so new for me like it wasn't part of the original like journey that i did so i always forget to like add that in like hey guys you should go check out a breath work session like <laughs> they're pretty great they're really weird at first but you get to like them yeah, yeah, no, and I think that that's been something for me, too, because, like, that's why I was, like, oh, wait, one more thing, because, like, I really only started with breath work, like, I did one session last year, but it was really weird, and I got really bad tetany in my entire body, I was, like, this, and, like, I could not move, and it felt, like, really uncomfortable, like, my arms were crossed, and my hands were, like, they looked like little crab hands, and I was, like, oh, my god, um, so I didn't do it again until the beginning of the new year and then I scheduled a session with Vanessa because I was like I'm kind of nervous about this but I think it might be really good for me and then I like really started a regular breathwork practice when we started the Sovereign Connection. Um, yeah she just uh, I think she did a free one I think she did a free one and that's how I found it and I was like oh this is interesting and then I was like oh it's pretty cheap like I'll give it a chance because she was doing that promo for COVID and stuff and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden I'm like no, I actually, like, really like this. Like, I should keep doing this. And she's like, oh, well, I have a mastermind, and it's cheaper, and it's the same thing. And I'm like, huh, here's my money. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly how I kind of, I went about it, too. I was like, well, here, you can just take my money, then. 
I just take my why haven't you sent me the contract yet? Why are we even having this conversation? Let's go. Yeah, exactly. You're like, I'm already no, I'm gonna sign up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so I know that you have this amazing, amazing freebie for anybody who's listening to this right now, your archetype quiz. And uh, I'd love to hear more about it so that way our viewers can, you know, check it out. Yeah, yeah. So if you go to my Instagram, it's just Meg Garcia Jarman. Um, and Jarman is spelled J-A-H-R-M-A-N. Um, but if you go to my Instagram and click the link in my bio, you will be taken to like my resource page. And there I have a play archetype quiz. Um, it's like a short 60 second quiz. And it at the end assigns you like a number value based on what you picked. And you use the guide to figure out what archetype you are. So there's five archetypes. Um, it is the fairy, the witch or the wizard, um, the merperson, so a mermaid or a merman, and then a unicorn and a nymph. And each archetype is different in the way that they are presented, their descriptors, their play styles, um, how they like to have fun, how people would describe them, their activities are different, um, and their business strategy is different. Everyone shows up in with fun and play in a different way. And so this is really a great way for you to start connecting with your inner child if you've never done so before is by understanding how you like to have fun and how you like to play through the world. Um, and so I'm really proud of it. Each PDF is like three or four pages. Um, and then I also post just general tips on my page, usually pertaining to the archetypes of like, here is a business strategy piece. Here's a self-care piece. Here is like a play piece. Um, and so I share a bunch of those tips as well. So it's fun. If you've already taken the quiz, um, you can go back and read all of the tips that I post for each archetype. Um, but yeah, that's, that's the freebie. And it's a great introduction, like I said, to inner child healing um, and understanding yourself just a little bit better. I literally just looked it up on my phone, guys. It looks like really awesome. So you definitely have to check it out. I'm doing it as soon as we end this call. Like, she told me about it at the beginning. I'm like, uh, I need to do this. It sounds really awesome. I love little quizzes like that too. Like maybe that's why I got so hooked on Enneagram and then the lady like post about Enneagram on her Instagram all the time. So I'm literally just, I don't even know who she is, but I'm following her just so I can figure out what, what my Enneagram does. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so that's like kind of why I created it. Cause I was like, well, what's like really fun. And it is fun. It's also really fun for your inner child to like learn about themselves. Number one. And number two, like take quizzes. Like how many times when you were little, did we play like, you know, like mash or like, um, like ask our friends questions, like the little cootie catchers and you, it would be like, pick an answer or pick a number, pick a color, and then like pick a question and like all like, we love that kind of stuff. Like our inner kid loves all of that. So I was like, how can we make this more playful and fun? quiz that's the answer maybe that's why i'm like so excited to try it like my little inner child like do it <laughs> mm -hmm. and i'll mm -hmm. have the link down in the show notes for everybody that's listening so um i'll have our full instagram link and i'll have the um the quiz link for you guys too so that way you could just shoot right on in there and immediately take this badass quiz and sign up for all things megan garcia because she's amazing <laughs> You're so sweet. I'm telling you, you guys need to subscribe to this podcast actually, because it's amazing. I'm excited. I'm like so excited. As I'm like recording all these, these like first episodes, I'm like, oh, these guys, somebody's going to be listening to this one day in their car and they're going to be like, I needed to hear every word of this. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for you. It's going to be so great. 
All right. Well, that is all for this episode. So check out Meg and take that quiz because it's badass. So yeah. Bye guys. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. For more bomb ass content, follow me on Instagram at First Steps to Sanity or leave me a review and let me know what your favorite part was. I can't wait to see you guys next week. Bye.